On the agenda this week is Apple's financials. You'll hear from Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books and Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. All this and so much more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Fresh from his vacation. And we're going to destroy his happy feeling in a few moments here. I was so relaxed. Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books. Yeah, we've been talking to, let's see, Josh has been on the show a couple of times. Josh Centers, his managing editor. He's a lot of fun to talk to. And so we didn't even notice you were gone. Excellent. That's, that's my goal, to be able to disappear silently. Yes, but then don't you like to think that, hey, they miss me? Did you miss me? <laughs> Missed you know, who? I, I've grown out of that. <laughs> Especially given how fast everything moves, you know, all this stuff, you know, when you could have contacted me, I was like, um, I'm actually not up on what was happening the last two weeks. <laughs> well, we come back to something here. So Apple releases the quarterly financials, quarter three, 2014. Quarter yes, three, and they're 2000. doomed, I say, doomed once again. So I read one report that says Apple pretty much exceeded guidance or most expectations. This was AP. USA Today says the same thing. And then a certain television news program on a cable TV network that shall not be named pretends that it's horrible news. <laughs> now, if you look at your headline over at Tidbits, an article that you and Michael Cohen wrote, it says Apple's Q3 2014 results show highest EPS, that's earnings per share, in seven quarters. Hey, that's good. They're making money. Doomed, I say. Doomed. You know, I find financial results both fascinating and terrifying. And, and fascinating because it's the scorecard. It's, it's how you get to see how the company's really doing, at least in theory. I, I tend, to, tend to believe that Apple's doing this well, although, you know, there were times 10, 15 years ago when the companies were just cooking the books and you couldn't believe anything they said. But in theory, you know, Apple as a public company is beholden to the SEC and all sorts of laws about the, the accuracy of this data. So this is really the scorecard of how are they performing? That said, the analysts like to turn it into this kind of burden trails thing of, well, we guessed that you were going to do this other thing and you, dis you didn't actually meet our guess and so that's bad. And that whole prediction and not being able to match up with a prediction just scares me silly because how can you possibly evaluate anything real when, when an analyst can just come up and say, well, I think they should have made $100 billion this quarter and they only made 37 So clearly they're failing miserably. You know what's you know. interesting too? Let's go back to the iPhone 5. And the first weekend they sold 5 million. A record never exceeded until they came out with the iPhone 5C and 5S. All right. But people in the industry said they should have sold 10 million the first weekend. 
Now, no other company has come close to even $5 million in a single weekend. I think it took Samsung like a month to sell $10 million of their top smartphone at the time. So Apple's doing far, far better than the industry, but they call it a failure. Yeah, and I think it's, it's also, I would like to believe that after 24 years of covering Apple, and just in generally in the industry, I have a feel for what numbers are fake. So for instance, battery life numbers, all fake. Performance numbers, often fake. But those are situations where no one says, oh my goodness, you know, no, no government entity says you're breaking the law if you lie on your battery life numbers. And, you know, they've gotten a little better over the years, but realistically, they're marketing numbers. These are not. And so, you know, when I look at those, those you know, the sales that Apple's coming up with, you know, they seem to match pretty well with everything else I can corroborate. So, you know, so I don't get the impression they're faking those numbers and then they're decent numbers. You if know? they were caught faking those numbers. Yeah, right. I mean, it would be huge. And, you know, it's also just one of those things where... Obviously, this is not a way that you can you not not statistical or anything. But so, for instance, whenever a new iPhone comes out, we always pre-order. We get the iPhone delivered to us via UPS. We're pretty good friends with our UPS guy, and so and our UPS guy, you know, knows what we do and everything. And so, every time we do this, I say, "So, how many you got?" And he'll tell me how many iPhones came into the UPS office for our area, and it's a lot. You know, it's in the hundreds, and this is this is a small rural city, you know, rural town, and so that says to me, if a couple hundred iPhones are showing up in Ithaca on day one, there's some there's some demand, and you know, you can only imagine how many are showing up in New York City, for instance, or San Francisco. You know, so again, it, it, it's not one of those situations where you think, huh, I'm just not seeing it. You know, you know, I never run into one of these in the wild. So, you know, they claim they've sold millions, but how come I've never seen one? And, you know, everything that Apple does that I, you know, that I can sort of check both at a kind of a gut level and, you know, more, more officially is matched up. You know, so I'm willing to go with these numbers and I think they're good numbers. And I, you know, anyone who's trying to make, you know, quibble with them is really trying to make hay on controversial headlines surrounding the most valuable company in the world. The thing is here is that if you say Apple bad in the headline, even if the article barely mentions Apple, <laughs> supposedly that gets you traffic. <laughs> Apple bad. Apple killed. We'll kill Apple. We'll come up against Apple. Apple, <laughs> Apple. It will be Apple. By the way, the thing that bothered me this quarter and the previous quarter is that a certain company that does industry analysis with three letters to their name says that Apple's U.S. sales of Macs declined. Well, according to Apple, they were up in double digits. I was going to say, that, that's, that's a huge error on that's their part. That's a huge error. And when is IDC going to correct it? <laughs> I mean, how can you believe a company that two quarters in a row says something that is decidedly false? If they're using sampling, which we assume they're doing, their sampling is no good and they need to fix it. If I'm paying IDC for information and I expect accurate information, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not sending you a check next month until you get your act together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did find the, the results interesting because, in fact, one segment, one significant segment did go down, the iPad. That Apple's, you know, iPad sales were down 9% from the year-ago quarter. And just for people who don't, don't actually follow this in great detail, 
whenever you're comparing financial results, you look back one year, not one quarter, because quarters different are different. They go on cycles. So for instance, the holiday quarter is always big. And you know the summer quarter, which we were just in, is often pretty small. And so you look back a year to see how you compared to your performance a year ago. And so whenever we say the numbers are up or down, we mean from last year in the same quarter. And so yeah, so iPad sales were down. And that's, I don't know that that's distressing. I mean, Tim Cook didn't seem particularly perturbed by it. He's like, yeah, they were what we expected, if not what you guys did, talking to the analysts. And we don't know why Apple expected that necessarily, although my gut feeling is is that iPads are one of those things that certain you know, developing, developed nations have, for the most part, saturated on. They're pretty cool. Apple sold 225 million of them. They still work pretty well, even if you've got an old one. So, you know, you're not necessarily going to be buying new ones every two years the way you do with iPhones. And, and you know, it just, once you've got one, you're going to hold on to it until it breaks or, you know, there's something that's radically enough different. It doesn't have the same upgrade cycle as, say, for example, a smartphone. It may have a five-year upgrade cycle like a personal computer. I mean, right now, if you look at OS X Yosemite, it covers Macs from four to six years old. And I assume Apple expects that to be a natural upgrade cycle for yeah. a personal computer. It used to be, what, three or four years. It's gotten longer. With a tablet, we really don't know at this point what the upgrade cycle is. It's a new product category, so we have to learn. We do have to learn also that we have some very important announcements for you that may or may not have anything to do with any of those discussions. Adam Inks joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237.
springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. You know, when you do two radio shows, I have to tell you, sometimes you confuse one with the other. <laughs> I have not said this is the Paracast, which is our paranormal show. But I know that I have sometimes said on the Paracast, this is the Tech Night Out Live. Not because one show is more important than another, but because you're using the same equipment and you're talking to people. And sometimes, you know, when you get older, your brain starts to have mush. Like the mush in the minds of some of those industry analysis reports that seem to misjudge Apple. Okay, now I understand tablet sales have generally been soft in developed countries. So it's not as if Amazon or Samsung is necessarily gaining because iPad sales are down. But the question I'm going to ask you here, the Apple deal with IBM, they're going to be pushing iPhones and iPads into the enterprise. Is that going to turn things around for the iPad? Well, that's certainly Apple's hope. So Tim Cook said that uh, tablets, we didn't say iPads in specific, although iPads are sufficiently enough of the market that it could potentially mean that, that tablets are only have 20% penetration into business. In comparison, notebook computers are 60% penetration, although that almost seems a little low to me. I would think that it would have been higher. And so they really see the business world as the next big market for the tablets uh, and for the iPad. 
And the other place where they did say, and I forget the exact number, but in the what's called the BRIC companies, uh, Brazil, blanket on R, India and China, maybe the R is just Brazil, but basically these very large developing nations where people are starting to hit the level of income where they can, they can buy these things and have just huge populations, sales there of the iPad were way up. And so they're obviously being able to take it further in the world. And it was more in these developed nations, U.S. and various countries in Europe, Australia, Canada, where the sales were lower. So I do think that the IBM deal is very much aimed at giving Apple a bit more of of a foothold in the enterprise. Because really in the enterprise, whenever Apple has come up, IT people say, no, we hate Apple. You know, Apple does not act like a good enterprise vendor should, and we are not going to buy them. And so the way that Apple has, the kind of inroads that Apple has made have been through what's called bring your own device. When employees say, well, screw you, I'm going to bring my iPhone and use it for work stuff anyway, even if you, even if you want me to use a BlackBerry because I prefer the iPhone. And same with the iPad and same with Macs. That's this sort of bring-your-own-device-to-work approach has been how Apple has gotten in. The deal with IBM will hopefully eliminate some of the sort of veto of enterprise when Apple comes up in conversation because if, you know... Apple comes up and, you know, they, when in the past they would have just said, not a chance, now the answer might be, well, let's see what IBM's got for us. Because they're working with Apple, they've got, they're going to have iOS-specific solutions, things like that. Well, it's also that Apple hasn't made a credible direct push into the enterprise. It's always been indirect. The CEO buys an iPhone or an iPad and goes to the IT people and says, deal with it. Yeah. It makes sense, actually, that Apple... It really is a bad enterprise vendor in a lot of ways because what enterprises want is they want cheap hardware. They want commodity hardware that they can just replace with some other vendor at any moment. You know, they want this this ability to control the situation and Apple is just not going to ever do that. Apple doesn't want their hardware to be cheap. Apple doesn't want their hardware to be commodity hardware, to be easily reproducible by anyone else. Because of the proprietary aspect of the entire platform, you're never going to be able to replace Apple with any other vendor. So the Apple is kind of just completely at odds with enterprise IT in that regard. That said, they've been working all these subtle features into iOS and macOS 10 over the years so that these devices that the CEO brings in or, you know, some department settles on so that they can be worked into the overall enterprise system. So it still has to come from kind of a grassroots request or a back door. Once the person has brought the iPad in, there are ways to, you know, get it into Active Directory and have it be managed so that the, you know, the enterprise mail is separated from the person's individual mail and things like that. Now let's look at another thing here that's kind of fascinating about all this, and that's the impact of the companies. Now, traditionally, the BlackBerry was the executive toy the executive plaything. Basically, IBM's coming in there and saying, this is the product we're pushing. That knocks another nail into BlackBerry's coffin, doesn't it? (laughs) 
It certainly doesn't help one bit. I mean, at this point, I don't think BlackBerry has much of a chance of succeeding. I just can't see it happening. They they lost the momentum and they don't have enough of a niche left. That you're right that this is, you know, that certain kinds of big business was the one place where BlackBerry was still had something going for them. And this is just going to hurt that all the more. That said, word from various people in the enterprise airspace that I know is that in some businesses, IBM is a four-letter word. They tend to promise a lot and not, not deliver as well as people would like. That's interesting to me. Why is it that IBM gets less credibility? You mean compared to HP sending somebody into the enterprise? Yeah, I don't know exactly who they're being compared to in this regard, but certainly, yes, very big software and services companies. I mean, IBM is not a computer company anymore. This is just you know, what I've heard, again, kind of scuttlebutt. So, you know, the people you're like, yeah, you know, it all sounded good, but then it didn't actually work quite as well as was promised. And you never know. I mean, it could have been a specific implementation. It could have been the specific consultants working on the job. I have heard good things about some of IBM's solutions where they really, you know, are the cat's pajamas. So you never quite know. But again, this is where that whole partnership will succeed, frankly, is on how well IBM executes. Also, this may give IBM more credibility. Oh, totally. It was driving me nuts. I'm writing about this. And I'm just I'm just searching and searching and searching for the right phrase. I finally, re- finally pulled it out of my head. It's basking in reflected glory. That basically IBM at this point, this is kind of amusing. I mean, given back going, for those of us who remember where the phrase when, you know, no one ever got fired for buying IBM. Nowadays, Apple is the company that people want to be associated with. And IBM desperately needs to be associated with Apple so that they have a really top-notch mobile solution answer to the mobile problem. Now, I read a report the other day. It could be just for publicity purposes, claiming the CEO of IBM has an iPhone, an iPad, and a Mac, and that's what she uses. Could be. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact is is that the C- CEOs of these companies do tend to switch machines and a fair amount because they can try anything. You know, I know some fairly high up people in in various tech companies and they're constantly just bouncing back and forth because they have to be aware of what's going on, particularly if they are in a space where it behooves them to know about a particular solution, they will switch everything over and they've got people to make sure that switch goes smoothly and everything is available to them, you know, tomorrow. Well, tomorrow we may have other announcements, but you got to listen to these. Adam Inks joins us. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now, I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Life's getting better. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live. 
I'm Gene Steinberg. We have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We were focusing on Apple and IBM, a natural outgrowth of the report that iPad sales have apparently plateaued and they've gone down. And I have another question, which I guess follows that. And we can see, of course, what happens when IBM is bringing iPads into the enterprise. The first question, of course, is educational systems, where it's supposed to be a big deal. And the second question is holiday season. Would tablets be more seasonal? I'm sure tablets are somewhat seasonal, but again, the decline that we were talking about is year over year. So we were comparing against the same quarter last year. You know, I'd have to honestly go back and look and see where we were in terms of new releases of things and whatnot. But this is, again, one of those situations where I think the analysts tend to, frankly, overanalyze because that's all they, all they can do. What will you look for, at least as a journalist, is trends. So one quarter's announcement of something is a data point. You look at it, you think, huh, iPad sales went down. We'll see what they do next quarter. And if they go down again next quarter, you know, if they're sort of, again, dropping from that year-ago quarter, then you think, hmm, pay attention to this. If it happens a third time, then you've got a trend. And that's when you start to start to be writing, as a legitimate journalist anyway, as opposed to a rumor or headline monger, that's when you start to start writing, something's going on here, you know, that, that, that there's really some, some significant problem. Because... People just don't realize how complicated all this stuff is. That this really is rocket science in some respects. Not the, not, not the developing of an iPad necessarily, but just the whole thing. And the numbers that we're talking about, you know, Apple is a multinational company attempting to run significant sales and distribution operations in, I don't know how many countries, you know, 130 countries or something like that. The amount of effort involved in that is mind-boggling. And I'm not saying that to excuse them from any particular results, but merely to note that when something doesn't go the way we as outsiders might think it should, there's probably a whole lot more variables that we simply have absolutely no idea about. And the analysts sometimes get to a little bit of that in the call uh, in the conference call that they do, Apple does for the financial results. But I think even then, they really don't have that much of an idea of, of the entire system. Besides, most of those analysts have been giving false information. <laughs> I mean, really, that. I mean, you know, he has to be nice to them, Tim Cook. Yeah. But if he were to just hold back nothing and say, you know, guys, you come here and you ask questions about Apple – and I read your reports, and frankly, folks, you don't really get it right very often, do you? <laughs> and that would, of course, freak them, but of course, he won't say that. Well, and this, the other thing I was going to say is that even Apple probably doesn't understand this at most levels. Apple is a huge, huge company. This is the, the, the job of understanding all this is at you know, some of the high-level executives. So we, we really have, you know, it's a situation of a blind man and the elephant. We're all touching different parts of the elephant. And very, very few people, you know, Tim Cook and the CFO and, you know, a few of these other people at Apple probably are the only ones who actually have the whole story. And so, of course, they're only going to tell us the part of the story that they want to and that makes Apple look good. So you got to take the whole thing with, with a little bit, I don't want to say a grain of salt so much because I don't think Apple's necessarily trying to, you know, pull anything over on us. But, you know, everyone's got an angle. 
the analysts have an angle, Apple's got an angle, journalists have an angle, and as someone who's just interested in the subject, you've got to try to figure out what the person's angle is. And in the end, remember, the tablet market is new. It's a new market. We don't know where it goes. We don't know the saturation points. And maybe Apple has done certain surveys to see why people aren't buying newer models yet. And maybe they have answers and solutions that they expect to implement. But they're not going to tell us those things at all. Let's get back to other things. Now, I mentioned before IDC's miss on Mac sales. And it's interesting here that out of the last 33 quarters, Apple sales keep ahead <laughs> of the overall PC market. And selling 4.4 million Macs in a single quarter, you have to put that in perspective. Obviously, it's minuscule compared to, say, an iPhone. But if you go back in time, I remember when they couldn't sell 4.4 million for a full year, and it wasn't that many years ago. Yeah, the number of iPhone sales was insane. It was at 35.7 million or something, and an insane number of iPhones. On the other hand, the number that I thought was interesting was though when you looked at the revenue earned by the, that 4.4 million max, it was 5.5 billion, I think, which was not that much less than the 5.8 or 9 billion from the iPad sales. For those of us who have worried at various times the Mac is, you know, fading away, you know, from Apple's perspective, the Mac earned just about as much money last quarter as the iPad did. I think that's significant. And, and you know, as you say, the PC market continues to, to, to actually drop in size. You know, the sales are going down every year. I think Apple was claiming a 2% drop to contraction, whereas Mac sales were up 18%. I mean, that's huge. That's just, that's just nuts. And apparently the MacBook Air is really driving a lot of this. Well, they certainly made it very easy to buy. And part of that is making the cheapest model $899. Yeah. Suddenly, that $100 drop is important to a lot of people. Yeah. You never know. And I, I do think the MacBook Air has been relatively stable, but it's been such a nice design that it's become a known quantity. And, you know, there are, there's some pretty interesting hardware stuff coming up in other parts of the market, some, you know, some retina screens in, these, in the Ultrabooks and uh, Microsoft Surface 3 and stuff. But they're, they're new, for one, um, you know, so they're a little bit less of a known quantity. And they just aren't necessarily the ultimate package. You know, the MacBook Air is just a really nice package now. And so I'm frankly not surprised that it's selling super well. And, you know, and I think that, you know, Apple probably will pop a retina display in there when they can, you know, <laughs> when they can beat the supplier down in price enough so that they can keep the price the same and still keep the profit margin appropriate. Now, you see here, what's interesting here is that in terms of the iPad, other than it being thinner and a little faster, if you take an iPad of a couple of generations back, it's not that much different. But yeah. what could make it different is iOS 8. And that may help boost sales this fall. I don't know. Yeah. I had an interesting experience where I actually used an iPad app to time a trail race. And I could do it on iPad 1. 
I didn't. I mean, the original iPad. I didn't need to use uh, a newer iPad. And honestly, I'm standing out in you know in the middle of the woods, actually getting rained on at the you know while I'm doing pre-registration. Um, so I was pretty happy that I had only the iPad one with me, and you know it worked just fine. So you know I do think that these old machines may not have the latest and greatest. They may not be able to run all the latest apps, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact is that they will start working their way into more and more dedicated situations. Oh, yeah, this is the iPad that I do X on because it's, you know, because I don't care if I lose it. You know, we've, we've just seen that, you know, more and more that the, the, the preciousness of this hardware is starting to disappear a little. You know, you know, we're having our son, you know, when he goes to cross-country practice, take his iPhone because they, they leave all their stuff in a little pile at the track, you know, when they go running. And so normally you wouldn't do that, but the fact is that, you know, it's actually worth something to us to have him be able to contact us at the end of practice rather than us try to have to guess when he's going to be done and end up sitting in the car for a long time. It ends and up being an that. almost disposable device, especially... If it's an older iPhone. We have Adam Inkst. He is not precious. I am precious, but not. <laughs> I'm thinking of Andy Circus here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live, I think. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. G. C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest largest independent talk radio networks in the world, and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. Again, that's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply, I'm thinking of you. Proflowers.com is the key. 
Pro Flowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 Blooms for $19.99. Plus, Pro Flowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. For health and vitality for you, your family, and friends, get the Healthy Start Pack from Longevity, as recommended by registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs. If you're a junk food junkie, getting on the Healthy Start Pack is one of the best ways to wean yourself off of processed snack foods and start putting good nutrition in your body. If you have a loved one who's dealing with heart disease or any health challenge, the Healthy Start Pack makes a great gift. If you have a grandparent or a parent in a nursing home, you will be amazed at the difference a once-a-day dose of the Healthy Start Pack will make in your loved one's energy levels, in their memory, in their mood, and in their general outlook on life. Give the gift of optimal health to your loved ones and order the Healthy Start Pack from Longevity by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470. Or on the web at brightsideben.com. That's brightsideben.com. Order today. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. Adam Inks joins us. And I cannot do an Andy Circus imitation. That guy is amazing, an amazing actor that he can just do all this stuff with the motion capture and he's going to... You know, if you want to be an actor, you won't have to be anymore. You won't have to put on makeup. Just come in there in your jeans and they create whatever picture they want of you. We've been talking about Apple's financials here, about the Mac doing very well, about iPhone continuing to do well, even though they claim the market is getting saturated. And I want to go back to that because Verizon announced they added 1.4 million wireless customers. So people are still buying these things. And still, the iPhone 5S is way up there, and the iPhone 5C is doing very well, despite the claims it was a failure. Yeah, you know, those claims that it was a failure never came, never came from anyone who actually had data. So, you know, it was one of those things where it doesn't have to be exactly equal to the iPhone 5S to be a success. You know, Apple created it for different reasons. My theory was always that they needed... A phone at the low end that did not have the high manufacturing costs and low yield of the iPhone 5 and presumably the 5S. Because if you looked back at the iPhone 5, it was just it was expensive and it had low yield. It was hard to make. Let me explain. Low yield means that you may make 100 but throw away 30. Right. Understand the, that now. Think about it for a second here. The tolerances 
on the iPhone when you like the glass has to fit together in certain ways and all that. The tolerances are incredibly tight. And Apple actually has robots that look at this stuff and make sure it's within tolerances. And if you get an iPhone for some reason which is not in tolerance, you can take it, you know, if you rub your if you rub your finger across the back of an iPhone 5 and you can really feel the bump um, when you go from, you know, one section to the other, you can probably take your iPhone into an Apple store and get them to replace it because it's out of spec. The problem is though when you are Apple and you do this thing where you have the old phone being available at a lower price, that only works if you could make the old phone for cheaper. And with the iPhone 5, my theory was they just couldn't do it. So the iPhone 5C just made a huge amount of sense as a way of creating a phone that had the same capabilities as an iPhone 5, but was a lot cheaper to build. I think it's very important. I think people don't realize it, that with the iPhone 5C, it's a very reliable product. It's a very good product. My wife has one, and she's perfectly happy with it. And now Tim Cook was saying it was growing at a faster clip than the other models in the product line compared to the iPhone 4S, which was the mid-tier product last year. Did I take that properly? Yeah, some of that stuff goes by pretty quickly. But the implication was the iPhone 5C is doing well. It may simply have been a statement to to stop this whole, oh, the iPhone 5C is a, is a, is a flop. You know, again, I could never figure out what that was based on. You know, that it may just have been the anecdotal thing. Well, all my friends have iPhone 5Ss, so therefore. And, you know, it, it's, it's often difficult to understand how different markets work and how different markets think. So... You know, for a lot of people, the cost, I mean, for me, for instance, I'm much more concerned about the monthly cost of something than the one-time upfront cost, because usually the monthly cost ends up being much larger. But a lot of people are much more concerned about that upfront cost, that they like, oh, yeah, I don't have $400 this month, but I do have $200 this month, so I'll get the cheaper one. And so that, I think, makes it a little bit harder to evaluate. And Apple, of course, didn't help this by never releasing actual numbers. So, you know, it wasn't like we, we could compare how the different models broke down the way they've done in, in certain other, you know, like they, they will often re, you know, report how the different Mac, uh, whether desktop versus laptop, how those break down. But they don't do that with iPad or with iPhone. It's just one product line and you take the sales as a totality, except for the hints that occasionally Tim Cook will drop. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's in some ways frustrating because, again, in that keeping score problem, it's like you just want to know. I mean, it doesn't really matter in some, some respect. And you can sometimes read, some, read into Apple not telling you, but then again, you never know. So, you know, Amazon has never said how many Kindles they've sold. And at this point, I'm beginning to, beginning to agree with the higher numbers that have been estimated by some just because I'm seeing a lot more Kindles now. You know, that early on when Apple, when Amazon was going on about how many Kindles they, they, they would, you know, have sold, you walk down the aisles, you know, if you had a seat in the back of an airplane and you walk down the aisles, you wouldn't see Kindles. Now you see Kindles. You know, that was another way that I would sort of just evaluate how popular the iPhone was. Walk down an airplane aisle, see how many iPhones you see versus Android phones. It was a lot of, a lot of iPhones. 
Well, the thing you also have to bear in mind also for the Kindle, it's been out for a few years. So the cumulative effect yeah. may be a fairly decent level of sales, even though one particular quarter's sales may not be so high. So it's and that too. Say- After a while, you know, if they sell five million a quarter, and that means twenty million a year. But after three or four years, that's eighty yeah. million. Suddenly, it makes a trend. It's yeah. not like, for example, the Zune. When the Zune <laughs> music player came out, I only saw one person ever with a Zune, and they were trying one. to sell it. <laughs> hey, anybody yeah. want to buy my Zune? The uh, I will say that uh, you know having just been on vacation where I was intentionally not bringing a laptop, I did bring the iPad and I sort of made sure that I had a keyboard with me and I had a SSH app if I needed to get to my server and stuff like that. But that said, a, you know, like a Kindle Paperwhite would have been a better device for what I wanted it for, which was to read books. You know, would have been lighter, would have been easier to read, all those kinds of things. The iPad was overkill for that. It wasn't a problem, but. Nonetheless, you know, in kind of just evaluating the best possible device for that solution of reading books on vacation, the Kindle was a, was a better device. I have to have everything. I take my MacBook Pro with me. I can't come to a point yet where an iPad, even with a keyboard, is adequate for me. And I'm not the iPad customer. I might be in a few years. But right now, I am not an iPad customer. I am a MacBook Pro customer for travel, an iMac customer for the office, and an iPhone customer. My wife is the iPad customer. She doesn't like the iPhone because everything is too small for her. Yeah. Well, in this case, I mean, this is the first time I've ever not taken a laptop. And it was, I mean, it was intended, you know, it was very much, everyone was was going to be covering for us. And so having the iPad was um, and with a keyboard, with the ability to get into the server, was just that, you know, really, really bad stuff has happened situation, and I'm the only one who can fix it. And the, the very significant hope was that wouldn't happen, it didn't happen, and so I never ended up using any of it for that. But that was just that, you know, I need, I do need to, you know, have that, the, that, that level of the buck does stop with me no matter what. Uh, capability. But, you know, it wasn't enough to take the MacBook. And one of the things that I find, you know, amusingly after all these years is despite how how light uh, the MacBook Air has become, by the time you have an out, a, a MacBook and a ba- laptop bag and all the stuff that you usually bring with it just in case, it's just as heavy as it ever was. Speaking of that, I carry with me a 17-inch MacBook Pro from 2010. Whew. I have a USB mic. In case I have to record shows on the road or something happens, I have to stay later. I bring all my key software with me. Obviously, the battery charger, accessory things. So I have a heavy backpack. And my right shoulder has some kind of minor problems, so I have to carry it on my left shoulder. So regardless, these are the things about getting old, folks. Okay, listen to that and have a chiropractor on your beck and call. Any case, the point being here is that I basically have to be able to duplicate 99% of what I do at the home office on the road. I can't change that. So as long as I have internet access, I'm okay. I have all my tools. I can produce radio shows, and I have in the past, produce full shows from the MacBook Pro. I can't do that on an iPad, but I think someday I will. I think in a couple of years, it's going to get there. What what we're seeing, uh, and and it's actually something I'm pondering, in fact, for a Mac user group presentation, is 
just a list of tasks where in places where an iPad is simply better and places where a laptop is simply better. Because I think people get into this desire to shoehorn the iPad into a in, into an all-purpose solution. And there's some things it does really very badly. And these people will kind of deny this or work around it. No, they've got this app and that app. But, but realistically, it's bad. And, and they're not admitting it. Let's break here. Oh. We have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Headlines, suspensions, FCC investigations. That's man cow for you. Hear him here. GCN. How many good people procrastinate? When was the last time you updated your last will and testament, your living will, and your health care power of attorney? If you could get these documents included with your Legal Shield membership for no additional charge, wouldn't it just make sense to have the peace of mind of owning a Legal Shield membership? Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hey folks, this is Larry Crisp for BabyBoomerBackupPlan.com. I'm sure you know this economy sucks. We all realize that the American economy is tremendously unstable right now and will likely get much worse. There's monumental debt, government bailouts, stock and real estate bubbles that are primed to pop at any moment, which can flush away most or all of your retirement savings. This type of movement has enormous consequences. Virtually zero sectors of the economy are hiring and workforce participation is at record lows. Financial trouble is right here at our doorstep. But if you move right now and develop a backup plan immediately, this could be the most profitable time of your life. Proportionately, more millionaires were created during the Great Depression than at any time in our history. Get my free report at babyboomerbackupplan.com or call 888-507-8789 for my free report. 888-507-8789 and prepare to profit as history repeats itself. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Adam Inks was talking about shoehorning an iPad to different tasks and imagining it as a possible all-in-one device for everything, as some of the magazines and magazine writers are wont to do, not realizing that right now it does some things really well, some things better than other solutions, and some things not so well, and so you need the other tools. But didn't Steve Jobs talk about the car and the truck? <laughs> so the Mac is the truck, and I'll never drive a truck, even for moving, but some days... Most days at home, I've got to take the truck out. I think that there's this desire to have as few devices as possible. 
there's sort of this thought that, oh, wow, you know, maybe I could do everything on this one device. But realistically, we're just not there yet, that there are too many physical compromises as you get into these smaller devices that prevent you from being able to do that kind of multi-purposing. And I have heard, for instance, that, for instance, the really big cell phones in, um, are popular in Asia uh, in part because people don't have computers. So the, the bigger screen is more important to those customers because they don't have another device with a much bigger screen. Whereas if you're sitting in front of a Mac with a pair of 27-inch monitors, you really don't care how big your iPhone is. You know, and similarly, the iPad can't compare with that, you know, those, those double 27-inch monitors. That said, it's really hard to drag your iPad you know, out into the, the woods to time a trail race. You want to drone and drag those monitors out there. You're, you know, you need you need something that's that's really portable. You know, it can be held in one hand, all that, and you can actually have an app that makes a single task just better. You know, that it doesn't have to kind of be taking advantage, or, you know, making use of the of the keyboard, for instance. Remember how games, you know, oh, you have to hit the A key and the S key to move left and right. Well, that's kind of stupid if you think about it. Why, did, what, why would S, A, and S move left and right? If you have a, you know, a touch interface, you can have that interface focused on what you need to do. It's something which I, I think we'll be seeing more and more of, and perhaps, you know, again, to get back to the, the financials, with all of these iPads sticking around for a long time and then becoming useful for little things like, oh, this is the iPad that I put on the refrigerator and look up recipes on. Yeah, it's all I do with it. But it's an iPad 1 or an iPad 2. That's all it needs to do. I don't need to do anything else. You know, that's great. And it'll, you know, it may, may be a few years before you dedicate an iPad to a particular task. But, you know, you buy a new one and the old one's still around and you don't really feel like giving it away or anything. So you can use it for something specific like that. Well, think of also the business world. So, for example, someone from a food wholesaler goes into a Walmart or a Fry's or a Kroger's supermarket or something – they're doing inventory management. They take out their iPad. Yep. And they tap on everything, and there you go. Now now they're using either a notebook computer or some complicated proprietary device for that. But if all they did was an iPad, and that's the kind of thing that IBM will bring as a solution to companies, saying, here's something you can take into the field. Just like oh, the pilots bring their iPads on the plane. You take it into the field, and here you go. And, for example, you go to buy a new car. Now they go to the computer. And they work out the deal for you. No, you're looking at the car, you're in the lot, and he grabs out his iPad from his valise or whatever, and he starts writing out all the figures. He can take your credit report down there. <laughs> he doesn't have to go anywhere. And it's going to go via Wi-Fi to the central processing station. It's going to send the credit information out to the bank. You can get inst- While you're looking at the car, while you're taking a test drive, you can have most of the deal done. Yeah. I mean, the last time I got a car, you know how it is. You get a car, and even if you make the deal on the internet, which I did, I walk into the dealership, and he says, well, now we got to meet the financial person. So you go to the financial person, and you have this person with his old-fashioned computer and the dot matrix printers and everything, and they're printing out the contracts. You have no idea what they're doing. But they sit there, and they stare at you like you're some piece of dirt. And... This is the part of the car buying experience, used or new, that is just horrible. And you need 
an iPad to resolve that too, because basically all they have to do, they can do the deal while you're doing the test drive. You just come in and maybe the finance person talks to you for three seconds and taps a little key on the screen. And maybe two seconds later, it's popping out of the printer. Well, I do think the the example um, that's really the best about this is if you think about the UPS delivery guy who has that kind of tablet device that tracks everything and he can scan barcodes with it and he can take signatures with it. Well, those devices are great and they're really custom designed to be exactly what the UPS driver needs. But the fact is that they're probably really expensive to make because they're made for only that purpose. Whereas an iPad or an iPhone or something along those lines, an iPad mini would be probably about perfect, right. could be put into you know, a really ruggedized, waterproof, shockproof case. And then it can do scanning via the camera. It can do signature recognition via a stylus and a touchscreen. You know, it can do all that kind of stuff. And it's got built-in Wi-Fi and cellular and all of that for a really pretty low price. You know, I mean, you figure they, if UPS were buying them in bulk, you have to believe they could get a pretty good deal on, you know, buying 10,000 of them from Apple. They're not and paying less price for 10,000, folks. Not Precisely. Happening. And then the developers are working with a known entity in terms of the development environment. They're not trying to develop for this, this custom thing that no one will, else will ever use in a million years. And so the development becomes faster and it can become easier to use and it can change if they discover they want to do something a little different. You know, that that's one of the big problems. When you get a custom solution, it becomes a little harder to change because those decisions you make early on can lock you into what's changes, what, you know, what you can do later, later, uh, later on. Exactly. New software. So in any event, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, both the, I mean, Apple's financials going forward, always interesting, but I'll be curious if they start reporting on how the IBM mobile first deal really ends up uh, affecting Apple in particular, because, you know, it was, it was high profile and Apple's approach is usually to say nothing if it's not, if it's not interesting or, you know, wasn't all that successful. And if it was successful, they tell you all about it. So, you know, well, fingers crossed we actually hear something about how well it worked. But probably not till 2015 because it's just rolling out this fall. Yeah, it's going to take some time because IBM has to, you know, find the customers, develop the solutions. You know, and again, these are big companies who want, who want big things done. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. So if they want 100,000 iPads, you're going to have to take care of the software. <laughs> yeah. This is what the whole thing is about. So we'll have to see where the iPad goes. I think it's all a learning experience. I think they put the product out there. Probably not 100% sure of where it would go, which is true about the iPhone. I don't think at the beginning they expected the iPhone to be as all-encompassing a device as it ended up being. I mean, Steve Jobs at the original rollout of the iPhone, I'm sure you remember this, he said Apple would be happy if they had 1% of the handset market by the end of 2008. <laughs> remember? Yeah. Yep. It's very hard to... It's very hard to predict how new things will will be caught on. And you know, and and again, Apple has certainly done plenty of new things over the years that have not actually caught on. But Apple is very good about uh you know, sort of quietly ignoring them. 
And so you don't usually hear much about the, the, the products and the services that were flops. And those that do catch on, you know, that's, you know, mark of a good business is they figure out what, what works and then they just keep going with it. And Apple has done that very well with the iPhone, you know, that there are certainly places that it can still go, but you also don't want to attempt to shoot, you know, everything you have at once because you've got to be you've got to be looking forward in the long play and where are you going to be in three years and five years and ten years and there are going to be things that you're just going to put off on the roadmap because you want to have something cool in five years to sell a new iPhone you by know, the way we have something cool coming for the next three or four minutes imagine <laughs> that we have Adam Inks joining us I'm Gene Steinberg you're in the Tech Night Out Live First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Think the national debt is $15 trillion? Boston U economics professor Lawrence Kotlikoff astutely points out that after factoring in guarantees such as Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and defense expenditures, the national debt is closer to $211 trillion. Mathematically, this debt is not serviceable via taxation. And for politicians on Capitol Hill, default is not an option. So we can expect the Federal Reserve to monetize the shortfall, resulting in even more confiscation of our hard-earned savings via inflation. Hi, my name is Adam Miller with Midas Resources. In light of the MF Global Swindle, it is now more apparent than ever that our savings investments are not secure in the hands of traditional banking institutions overseen by government technocrats kept in their back pockets. Call me today at 800-686-2237, extension 148, to find out how you can protect your savings from confiscation with liquid, portable, and private precious metals. I'll even send you a booklet titled 10 Readings to Own Gold to serve as a guide. That number again is 800-686-2237, extension 148. 800-686-2237, extension 148. Hey folks, this is Larry Crisp for BabyBoomerBackupPlan.com. I'm sure you know, this economy sucks. We all realize that the American economy is tremendously unstable right now and will likely get much worse. There's monumental debt, government bailouts, stock and real estate bubbles that are primed to pop at any moment, which can flush away most or all of your retirement savings. This type of movement has enormous consequences. Virtually zero sectors of the economy are hiring and workforce participation is at record lows. Financial trouble is right here at our doorstep. But if you move right now and develop a backup plan immediately, this could be the most profitable time of your life. Proportionately, more millionaires were created during the Great Depression than at any time in our history. Get my free report at babyboomerbackupplan.com or call 888-507-8789 for my free report. 888-507-8789 and prepare to profit as history repeats itself. 
For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. One more segment with Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We've been talking about Apple's financials and the fallout and the implications of everything. And the fact that Apple doesn't just blow its wad at one year. It's like with Google. They announce 10,000 different beta products and services every year. And most of them come to nothing. You realize that. I mean, where's the final version of Google Glass? Will it ever be anything more than a perpetual beta product? What about their TV initiative? You know, it's got the TV initiative du jour. They got a different one every year. Well, it's important to, th to realize with Google, they're a very, very different kind of company. So Apple is basically a hardware company. So Apple wants to sell you hardware devices every two to five years regularly. You just want you to keep buying them every two to five years. And that's where they make all their money, and therefore everything is really designed around that. Even the iTunes store and all that. Yes, Apple made $4 billion on that this quarter, but that's great. But it's still really in the service of selling hardware. Google, on the other hand, is a search advertising company. That's where all their money comes from. And so everything else that Google announces is, I won't say designed to support that, because I, I don't think Google quite sees it that way. Google's basic goal is to say, the more you people use the internet, the more that search will be important to them. Then the more search is important to them, the more ads will be able to sell, and the more money we'll make. All of this stuff that they announce is really kind of a, lot, a little random because it doesn't matter to them. Yeah, they don't really need any of these things to be a huge hit because that's not how they make their money. You know, they need to make sure that they're not going to be totally distracted by it. You know, I think they, in the past couple of years, have got done fairly well at really eliminating some of these projects that really didn't come to anything or never, never really achieved liftoff. But at the same time, you know, when they do something funny like the cardboard project to give you the, the virtual reality goggles, that's just Google having fun. They know that they're not going to make any money on this ever. It's just a, hey, we can do this and we're in a position where we can make this happen. So let's try it and see if it moves the industry forward in some, some interesting way. 
I think Google suffers in some respects because Apple has such a formula for introducing new products you know, that they do so well, you know, with WWDC, where they show off the new operating systems, they have their media events, where they show off the new hardware. Apple's been so successful that everyone sort of wants to imitate that now. But the fact is, Apple pioneered that approach, and no one does it as well. Google, honestly, is way better at doing blog posts, where Google's uh, strength lies, because they have so many different areas in which they're doing things, they tend to revise their stuff so frequently because they consider everything to be a web app. Sort of the, the frequent blog post concept of, of marketing and PR really is more where Google uh, can actually make things happen, whereas they have the big event and you know they introduced a ton of stuff and it took hours and hours and hours and people were confused and bored. In fact, yeah. when I listen to the online chat or watch it right now, you don't see discussions anticipation of what Google's going to do next, maybe a little bit about their auto initiative and stuff. But I'm not hearing everyone raving about the next great version of Android. Nope. Because first of all, very few people who are currently have Android phones will ever get to see it. And I think more to the point, because Google doesn't keep things secret in the same kind of way, Apple does a great job of having these bursts of punctuated equilibrium. You know, where nothing, 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 nothing from Apple, then big announcement. So because of that, in those times of nothing from Apple, that basically the world is busy speculating and pondering and thinking about what's going to be in that next big announcement. Then the big announcement happens and everyone's scrambling to analyze it and figure out what it means and what's missing and what's there and what's cool that no one else knows about and all that. And then you go into the into the speculation stage again. So Apple really has this this just they've got this down to a science almost. Whereas Google's constantly revealing little bits here and there and changing things without telling people. You know, they they just don't do the PR thing because it's not where they make their money. Yeah, you know, they just don't. You know, page rank, you know, the page rank algorithm and how and how, you know, websites show up in the in the search results is probably, you know, the really big deal and Google never talks says anything about that if they can possibly avoid it because, you know, it's this constant game so your website shows up higher in the on the page ranking. Um, so just very, very different situation. I don't think either is necessarily right or wrong. It's more just you have to realize that they don't serve the same needs and they don't need to. And Apple is trying to deal with Google with a death of a thousand cuts here. So, for example, we have more emphasis on Spotlight with OS X Yosemite. And Spotlight searches include Bing, but not Google. So there's yeah. a little bit less traffic. Obviously, Maps for iOS 8. It's going to get better. It keeps getting better from iOS 7, but most people, I think, who do navigation on an iPhone or an iPad don't think about the problems with Maps or getting Google Maps. They just use what's there. So that's yep. more business taken away from Google. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's why you can see some of you know, what's happened with Android. At least the initial impetus was that sense of Google was going to be entirely at the mercy of Apple. These big companies do not, I mean, they will work together when it suits their needs, but it is not a situation where they are happy about uh, having to be beholden to another. And it doesn't matter who. You know, Spotlight may use Bing now, but if, you know, Microsoft were to have some huge turnaround and become, be focusing hard on competing with Apple and all sorts of other spaces, you can bet that there would be another search engine there. Or Apple will build its own. 
or Apple will build its own. Precisely. Search engine probably probably a little hard to really do, but you can never really say because already Spotlight is doing things. It's aggregating content from a lot of different areas, you know, Yelp and Wikipedia, Wolfram Alpha, things like that. So maybe one of the situations where you don't really notice that it's not a Google search or a Bing search, but it actually is some kind of internal Apple search. It's entirely possible Apple could do that. They're a big company now, and they do not like having other people in charge of things that, that are important to them. Well, obviously, we saw that with chips. Now, of course, we're not going to get into it today. But we see delays in the development of the next generation Intel chips. It's not that Apple can design ARM-based chips to replace Intel on a Mac yet, but you have to think on a long-term basis, there are MacBook Pros there running ARM processors, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I cannot imagine that Apple has failed to do that. I mean, they <laughs> were got- running Intel-based Macs for years before they switched from PowerPC. So there's no question that Apple is looking at all of these competitive situations and trying to figure out how they can be the least at the mercy of either you know, spite or incompetence. I knew them well. I knew them well. I think they ran for Congress. Adam Inks, <laughs> please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. Uh, well, you can always go to tidbits.com to find the latest news. We do have the, the full report on the financials and the I, Apple-IBM deal. So that's worth reading. For takecontrolbooks.com, we will be having, by the time people hear this, we should be having Take Control of Beta Testing Yosemite. Can't wait. Adam Inks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Nice talking to you, Gene. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount For all our listeners, 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. I'm Kay Swirling from KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm 93 years old, and I'm a big fan of Alex Jones because he has the courage to speak his mind more than just about anyone I know. Alex is just as bothered as I am about all the advertising you hear for toxic prescription drugs that make you sicker, not healthy. I prefer to give my body all 90 essential nutrients it needs for life to pre prevent disease, not compound it. My favorite complete supplement is Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity, which I take every day along with EFA Plus and Beyond OsteoFX. 
I recommend you go online to InfoWarsTeam.com to purchase these products and make them part of your daily regimen to get healthy and live longer. InfoWarsTeam.com If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You know, Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer has a very interesting cartoon with very big glasses and beady looking eyes. On it's so his- sweet when you say that. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what he means, but it's his avatar for his Skype connection. And what people don't know is that if they meet him in person, he probably looks like that. Yeah, when when people see that cartoon and then they see me in person, they always go on about how I look like like my little avatar. And it's actually a South Park style rendition of, of me. So if so if you watch the South Park cartoon. And you've seen me in person, you look at this and you're like, oh, yeah, if Jeff was on the show, then this is exactly what he'd look like. I admit, I do not watch South Park. I might have seen it once in my life. I just not big on cartoons. Well, th- this one is not like other cartoons. So you have to be uh, in a proper mindset to, to appreciate South Park. I assume I probably am. Remember, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. That's true. I have to think of the minds of the people who will look at anything Apple reports and find the bad news. You know, like Adam Inks and I were joking in the previous segment. As soon as I mentioned what was going on, he said, Apple is doomed. Ha ha. Because no matter what they do, Apple is doomed. 
Well, yeah, Apple is just doomed. Uh, now, it may yeah, take yeah. two or three hundred years to accomplish, but they're doomed. Yeah, or, or it may take uh, the death of our star. Yeah, whatever. It's, they're doomed. Well, and, and in that sense, we are all doomed. So, hey, have a nice day, everyone. This is going to be a fascinating show, folks. <laughs> because we're going to talk about all sorts of horrible Armageddon scenarios. Yeah. This could turn into an awesome tinfoil hat show, too, if we really wanted. So this will be the tinfoil night out live. Change it's going the name to be of the show. awesome. You like best. that, huh? Yeah, it's going to be the best edition ever. Right. Okay. So let's just look at other things. We'll go back to Apple's financials in a moment because there's another thing that's happening. We didn't get a chance to mention it very much with Adam, so let's start with you. When you hear the show, which will be broadcast on the 26th of July, people will be able to have downloaded public beta copies of OS X Yosemite. Mm-hmm. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, anyone who pays $99 a year for Apple's developer program, or maybe they are selected members of the media, they already have these copies. And supposedly the current developer preview number four, which came out this week, that's what the public's going to get if they signed up for the program? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And yeah, so they'll be able to download and install on their computer exactly what developers are using today. Over time, the the versions will get out of sync because developers are going to be getting all of these these really small interim updates. But end users, the the general public, they'll be getting like bigger updates. And I, I'm assuming there'll be like a couple updates, maybe, and and that's it. So yeah, so don't expect as just a general member of the public that's playing with the beta to be always up to date with exactly what developers are using. And also be very careful before you start. I will just tell you that anyone who looks at the developer release notes for OS X Yosemite, you are going to freak. There's a lot of stuff there. Most of it's cosmetic or minor functionality problems or lack of certain features operating fully. But there's a lot of stuff there that doesn't work right yet. So you got to be careful. And, and it's okay that it's not working right right now because this is beta. And, and I think a lot of people forget exactly what beta means. And, and we can blame Google for a lot of that because they, they have all of these applications and tools that they've been calling beta that, that really haven't been beta for a long time. So people expect a beta application to be like fully functional, ready to go. And, uh, and that's not what beta means. This is not ready for public use. This is not ready for mission-critical machines. Things will be broken. Things will be missing. Things will be there that appear to work but just simply don't. And you could lose data, too. It's just how it works. Now, think of this, for example. If you launch Google Maps, at least up till very recently, I don't know if they've changed that, it warns you it's a beta. Now, this is supposed to be the standard bearer of mapping systems for mobile devices and personal computers. The standard bearer is Google Maps, and it warns you. you got to agree that they're not responsible if you get lost. Exactly. And Yeah. My advice is have a secondary Mac to run this on. 
so it's not your main machine. Or if you only have one machine, run it on uh, a separate hard drive so that you can boot into the beta and play around with it, but not risk losing your, your, uh, your primary Mac. What I did to make things easy for me is I stuck it in a partition on a backup drive. Partition works too. That's a great idea. Sure. So if I need to go back there and see what's going on, or there's a new public beta, or there's a new developer beta, I just restart, go to Yosemite, do the updates, check things out, and that's it. You don't run the mission-critical apps. In our case here, as we speak right now over Skype, we're using Audio Hijack Pro to capture the audio from Skype. And it's an app published by Rogue Amoeba. It's great. I've used it for years. Used to use something called Wiretap Studio. Unfortunately, the publisher, Ambrosia, kind of has run into business problems. They haven't updated in several years. Okay, Audio Hijack Pro. Now, Audio Hijack Pro doesn't work under Yosemite. And that's the key thing with me. That's a deal killer. I can't use it as a full-time operating system till then. But if I'm not doing any recording for the radio shows, I just want to do other stuff, write my blog, even edit the shows. I can do it in Yosemite. It's fairly stable considering all the things that are wrong with it. But the key is here, it is a beta. You don't use it on your primary machine. It's not a plaything. It's not a toy. And the reason Apple's making it available is to get feedback. Because that feedback yes. will help them fix bugs that may not otherwise have been caught. Yes, and the public beta is going to include an application that makes it easy for for us mere muggles to report bugs and other issues that we're finding with the software. So we don't have to go through the whole developer connection bug reporting system to to be able to give our feedback. So I think that's great. Apple's going to make it really easy for the average user to participate in this beta. I understand too, the Apple bug reporter is buggy. It's annoying. It's irritating. Yeah. And this is what Apple uses. This is the tool that you use if you're a developer to report back to Apple when things go wrong. Not that they don't respond. They're very responsive. They definitely try to help things go along and fix problems. But for the public, they have a general feedback forum. And if you tell them things that you don't like, it's not just a bug, you know, maybe they'll fix it. Like, for example, look at Safari. Now, remember the traditional title bar for a website? And quite often that title bar includes marketing information. You know, like for our second radio show, the Powercast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, the only time you see any part of the title bar in Safari for Yosemite is in the tabs, but they truncate it because it's just so wide. So companies that use their title bars on a site for marketing reasons or just to inform the customer or the visitor, it doesn't work under Safari for Yosemite. So that's a bug to me. To them, it's a feature that doesn't uh, work. Yeah, I, I would venture to say that Apple doesn't see this as a problem. I venture to agree with you, but I have complained. And I ask all of you who run the Yosemite beta, the public beta, to complain. If you agree with me that having a full title bar for a site is important, because in a sense, you're not seeing the entire site as it is designed by the developer. we got more to come with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest 
largest independent talk radio networks in the world, and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. Again, that's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. OS 10 Yosemite. I call it a semi-public beta because Apple limited it to one million people. It's not like Microsoft, where they have beta releases of new versions of Windows, and it's available to anybody, except the difference being with Microsoft, even if you beta test and you report diligently problems, you still have to buy the final release. With Apple, right now, it's free. Yes, yes, the beta is free, and the the final shipping version will be free as well. That's right. I, I think that's just an awesome thing that Apple's doing, because it makes it much easier for them to give people incentive to update to the newest versions of OS X, which then makes it much easier for them to offer support because they can cut down on, on the older versions that they need to, to maintain. And as I said, the feedback is going to be much more extensive. So if tons of people send Apple feedback about the title bars in Safari, Maybe they wouldn't have done it with developers, but if enough people out there say, that's no good, make it the way it was before, maybe Apple will consider it. Yes, and, uh, and we've seen them do this in the past, post-beta. And uh, a perfect example is the translucent menu bar that we have in OS X today. Initially, that was not going to be something we'd have control over, but Apple got enough pushback, they added in a setting so that we could make it the solid color like it, it was in, in versions past, which is exactly what I did as soon as I got the feature. And if you go to iOS 7, you have this kind of parallax effect where things in the background moved around when you moved your iPhone or iPad, and people were getting dizzy or nauseous if they have you know different vision problems. So Apple gave you the option to turn the damn thing off. Now, I guess Amazon's not doing that with their desktop feature in the Fire smartphone. Maybe they are. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to review one. I don't think you can shut that off in the, in the Fire, but I can see why, because that's actually like the huge feature that they're touting for the phone. A feature, not a stupid bug or a bad OS feature. Okay, let's look more at Yosemite. In your personal opinion here, we're not asking for a final review, not a final product. What is your favorite feature and what don't you like about it? I'm having a hard time picking a favorite feature right now because there are so many new things that that are proving very useful for me. The, the feature that today is making me the happiest, and it could change tomorrow, is the the, the whole thing with iCloud and being able to more easily move files back and forth between my devices. That's that's been a major problem for me for a long time. And tomorrow it may be the ability to uh to handle phone calls from my iPhone on my Mac. Which now, by the way I think is actually a really cool feature. 
if you have a Mac with Bluetooth LE. Yes, that's a, that's an important uh, limitation. And there's a lot of people that won't realize that they can't use that feature until they try and use it, and it just simply doesn't work. I think Apple needs to be more forthcoming about it because I expect I'll get feedback. Why isn't continuity working? Why can't I hand off stuff? Well, of course, you have to still have the iOS 8 beta to be able to do that, and that costs you $99 a year. There is no public beta for iOS. But people will complain. The other option Apple has there, of course, is to allow you to install a third-party USB Bluetooth stick and provide some sort of OS support for it. Whether Apple will do it, I don't know. Remember, this only works for Macs made beginning in 2011 and 2012. So tens of millions of Macs can't use it, even if they can otherwise install Yosemite. Apple would rather have you buy a new computer, but maybe that's an option. Yeah, actually, that would be a really cool option, assuming Apple chooses to support that, because it it will add an incredible amount of functionality to a Mac you already own with uh, without breaking the bank. And it's not that Apple is having problems selling new Macs. Sales were up to 4.4 million for the June quarter, a record double-digit 18% increase. Double-digit increase in US and Canada, despite IDC's claim that Mac sales were down by 1.7% in the US. You saw that? I saw that and uh, and they their numbers are wrong. And it's the second quarter those numbers were wrong. And I have to wonder, what's their problem? Are they going to own up to it or just ignore Apple? So Apple basically normally doesn't break down sales by country. They just give you the sales around the world. So they mm-hmm. can say, well, this was just the U.S. But now Apple has given the sales in the U.S., so they have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, well, it shows that uh, – t- okay, what it shows to me is that the science or art of, uh, of estimating product sales without actually having that information from a company is uh, a really difficult thing to do. And either IDC needs to, uh, to take the information that Apple is providing and refine their system or they need to start telling people, look, you know, we're just kind of ballparking it here. Well, you think if there are mistakes of that degree, they'd refine their sampling. Just for example, like an organization like Gallup, if they get an election result wrong by a substantial degree above the margin for error, they have to change their techniques. They have to consider what's wrong and fix it because otherwise people won't care. Right. Yeah, and uh, and and changing that could be as simple as saying, okay, here's the data we're, we're tracking and here's what it really means. And it isn't exactly what, what you thought it has meant all along. They'll never so, admit yeah, so maybe, it. yeah, maybe they just need better clarification. All right, let's get back to the financials. You have an article where you describe their financials with a three-letter word. Mm-hmm. That word being. Oh, I thought you were going to drop the words out. I want you to say it. Oh, geez, which article? Not, not the meh article. Wells Fargo, a, 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 a Apple quarter three was. Oh, yeah, that uh, that actually is the meh article. 
Yeah. Uh, so the deal is that Maynard um, looked at the numbers that Apple gave us during the, the financial report. And the response he came back with was pretty much meh. And, uh, uh, and what that really means is that he and many other analysts overestimated what Apple's numbers were going to be. And when Apple didn't hit their expectations, they felt that uh, that Apple didn't show the level of growth that they expected. Therefore, their quarter results became meh instead of woohoo. But he, he wasn't all negative because he looked at what he expects will happen during Apple's fourth fiscal quarter. And uh, and and he thinks that's going to be a, a a much stronger quarter for Apple because we'll see the the launch of the next iPhone and probably whatever it is that Apple is going to release into the wearable technology market the the iWatch for for lack of a better word. Okay, just to let people know, looking at it on the day after Apple releases financials, so they release them on a Tuesday. On Wednesday, the stock price was up by 2.61%. So evidently, Wall Street kind of liked the numbers, at least for the first day. After that, well, you'll see what happens. And by the time you listen to the show, Apple may be over $100 or maybe not. You see, I'm not in the business of predicting stock prices for Apple or any other company. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But uh, it is interesting that that Apple stock value continued to rise after the earnings report, only because there's a, there's a long track record, generally speaking, of Apple stock dropping after an earnings report, no matter how good the information is that that Apple announces, and and this time it's just continued to kind of creep up slowly. Well, part of it is they see that Samsung isn't the darling of the financial world anymore. They're having problems getting good sales and profits. Google reported good numbers, but the price of ads is going down, and that's not very good. Mm-hmm. Microsoft's numbers were good except for the impact of the Nokia acquisition. So if they look at the competition, Apple's in pretty good shape, except for the iPad. I'm going to ask you in our next segment why you think sales of the iPad have been eroding. Seems so soon. We have Jeff Gamet. He's from the Mac Observer. If you go to MacObserver.com, You'll see what he does, what our other regulars, such as John Martellero and Brian Chaffin do. And now after three minutes or so, you'll find out what else we do on the Tech Night Out Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Do you ever feel like you live in an alternate universe? As the stock market hits new highs, the middle class are dying. Manipulated financial markets and economic figures, chaos on our border, China and Russia bypassing the dollar. Life is getting ready to change. You need to prepare to thrive in the new economy. Go to babyboomerbackupplan.com or call 888-507-8789. That's 888-507-8789. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, 
investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. This is big! Not just big, it's the Freeze-Dry Guys Giant Factory Authorized Sale. This month, save 30 to 45% off on number 10 cans of high-quality Mountain House freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy. Factory fresh stock just arrived, so now is the time to stock up with the finest, best-tasting, longest-proven shelf-life foods in the industry at giant savings of 30 to 45% off. But hurry, supplies are limited to only the stock we have on hand. Call 866-404-3663. Free shipping to the lower 48 states. Click freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com. Hurry, the giant factory authorized Mountain House sale is going on now. Only from the Freeze Dry Guy. The finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long-term storage. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Jeff Gamet from the Mac Observers here as we continue our discussion about Apple's financials. All right, the iPad. What's wrong? I think what's wrong is that is that people are having an expectation of what the iPad performance should be, and that may not be in line exactly with what Apple is expecting. My guess is that Apple is looking at where the iPad is right now as uh, part of a cyclical dip, and that they're expecting sales to to jump back up during the fourth quarter. That said, Tim Cook sounded like he wasn't happy with iPad sales, even though he was saying that uh, numbers met the company's expectations. So I think right now we're, we're probably at a point where there's a lot of people that are in the wait and see mode because they, they're curious as to what Apple's going to do next and, uh, and realistically to see what Samsung does next and to a limited degree to see if Microsoft does something with the Surface tablet. And um, I can't believe I just said that part with a straight face because I, don't, I really don't think hardly anyone's buying a Surface tablet. A but Surface what? Tablet. Surface? Yeah. For, yeah. You mean like Surface of the Moon or Mars? Yeah. Yeah, oh, the, okay. the awesome tablet, <laughs> the, the tablet that Microsoft is making that uh, they're saying is awesome. But, oh, you know, that thing. Yeah, that thing. Okay, you can run Skype, but I can run Skype on an iPad. That's I can true. run Skype on an iPhone. What's the difference? I can run Office on an iPad, and it's a genuine touch-based Office, not the one that you get on the Surface. I don't think Microsoft <laughs> has much to say that's very good about what I, they're doing. Yep, I'm totally with you there. 
anyhow, I think right now that there's a lot of uh, of consumer demand that is not being satisfied because the people with the money in their pockets that are ready to buy are holding off because they want to see whatever it is that comes out next. And Apple is partly to blame for that, I believe, because they've uh, given us a precedent for product launches, and now people are expecting something in the fall. And that goes for the iPhone and the iPad. And I think that uh, once Apple makes their announcements, probably in September, then, well, for the iPhone, maybe October for the iPad, at that point, we'll see sales pick up again. And we'll be going into the holiday season, and sales will probably pick up dramatically. The question being, is the iPad more of a cyclical product? than the others. I don't think anyone knows because this is a new product category. Everything is new. I don't think that the rules have been written yet. And because the <laughs> rules haven't been written, we don't know what to expect from the product and where sales should go. And the other thing, of course, is that Apple is still going into different niches to raise sales like the deal with IBM. A lot of that is not just to sell iPhones, but to sell iPads into the enterprise where they see huge potential. Yes. And uh, and I think that shows uh, a lot of Tim Cook's vision for product growth. He sees the enterprise as a market that is largely untapped for Apple and does have the potential to be very lucrative. And uh, it makes sense because they don't have a strong foothold in that market to find someone that does and team up with them, which also gives Apple something that they have lacked for a long time, which is trust. I, I've think with Apple's track record in the enterprise market where they, they would jump in and then pull back out and, and leave those customers just kind of dangling. They need someone that has a, a very strong proven track record to team up with so that they can build their trust back up. And that's something that IBM brings to the table. And also allows Apple to systematically penetrate different businesses that benefit from a tablet. Companies that use portable devices now, and I was mentioning to Adam Inks, just the guy who comes into your supermarket or your convenience store, and he's handling inventory management for products that he's delivering. And now he's using a clunky notebook with a bunch of appliances attached to it or a dedicated device. But if all this could be done on iPad with special software, that makes it easier because of the fact that that iPad can then be taken into a totally different market with new software and still be used. Yeah, that's a brilliant thing. It's awesome. I think it's really smart that Apple designed a system that can be this flexible because it's a, it's a great casual use device, but also a very powerful business tool. And the other point mentioned in our previous segment is the fact that we don't know the life cycle of an iPad yet. We think of a smartphone like every two years. You replace it or you take the older iPhone or whatever brand you buy, and you give it to the kids or another family member. With iPads, even if it doesn't run the current software, iPad 1, back in mm -hmm. 2010, works fine. It works just fine. Why retire it? Because it can't use iOS 7 or iOS 8, but still runs okay and runs the stuff you need. It's fine. If it's used in business running dedicated software, you don't worry about it being the newest. No, you worry, you worry about it being compatible with your dedicated software. And that dedicated software is something that is designed repeatedly, even with the updates, to run on the oldest 
iOS and iPads, fine. Because remember here, if a company is building custom software, they may not care that they have to make it compatible with everything that's new. As long as it runs on all iPads or most iPads, it's okay with them because they're not there to be at the cutting edge. They are there to run a business and provide the software that's needed. Right. Yeah, and that totally drives home your your point that we don't know what the the complete life cycle of an iPad is yet because the first generation iPad is still going strong even though it can't run the latest version of it it can't run the latest version of iOS. And as I said, for the people using it, it may not make a difference. They may barely even look at the OS. They're looking at the dedicated vertical app that's used for inventory management, that's used for whatever purpose it's designed. Right. And, uh, and, and see, this is another reason why it's great that Apple has teamed up with IBM. Because once they get all of these companies really using the iPad as, uh, as, as critical business tools, it becomes entrenched and IT departments, they don't like change. So once they get all these iPads up and running, they want to just keep using them. That's going to make it hard for other companies to step in and sell their tablet products. And these are the kind of deals where they contact Apple and they order a hundred thousand. Right. Or they can also do it through IBM now too, so that that's kind of cool. If they if they already have a purchase order system set up with IBM, they can just start throwing iPads and iPhones onto that too. Now think, Apple in this deal is getting tens of thousands of salespeople to push their product. Think about that. So if each one, say a hundred thousand people from IBM, which is their independent sales people, engineers the people on staff, each sells 100 iPads a quarter. That's 10 million iPads. That's a lot of iPads. Before we break, I do want to mention something else, a special feature that we offer at technightowl.com. And maybe I haven't given it the proper amount of publicity, but I'm going to do that right now. We have something called the Tech Night Owl Newsletter. It's the Tech Night Owl Newsletter. And we've had that newsletter going since, what, 1999. So we've been doing it for a long time. It's currently at issue number 764. And by the time you hear this episode, it's going to be 765. So what is it? Well, I normally have two or three commentaries every week in that publication. And you can get a copy sent right to your email box. It's free. Minimal advertising. And to get a copy of the Tech Night Owl newsletter, just go to newsletter.technightowl.com, newsletter.technightowl.com, sign up, and you'll get the latest issue. It's free. It sure is. We've got more to come. We've got Jeff Gamut. He's from the Mac Observer at macobserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live.
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Think the national debt is $15 trillion? Boston U economics professor Lawrence Kotlikoff astutely points out that after factoring in guarantees such as Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and defense expenditures, the national debt is closer to $211 trillion. Mathematically, this debt is not serviceable via taxation. And for politicians on Capitol Hill, default is not an option. So we can expect the Federal Reserve to monetize the shortfall, resulting in even more confiscation of our hard-earned savings via inflation. Hi, my name is Adam Miller with Midas Resources. In light of the MF Global Swindle, it is now more apparent than ever that our savings investments are not secure in the hands of traditional banking institutions overseen by government technocrats kept in their back pockets. Call me today at 800-686-2237, extension 148, to find out how you can protect your savings from confiscation with liquid, portable, and private precious metals. I'll even send you a booklet titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold to serve as a guide. That number again is 800-686-2237, extension 148. 800-686-2237, extension 148. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon Heart and Body Extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB Extract, paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise, can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your 
body healing itself with the aid of HB Extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit HBExtract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to HBExtract.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Stop the presses. We got an email from Paul Kafasis of Rogue Amoeba Software. They have just released Yosemite compatible versions of pretty much all their products, including Audio Hijack Pro. So we'll let you know whether it works or not. There that's we go. awesome. That, that's going to make my life so much easier. You use those products? I do. Yeah, I I have this really awesome workflow that I use with Audio Hijack Pro to record Mac Observer's Daily Observations podcast where uh, I just click a button and I'm recording me, everyone else that's on the show. I can drop in all the music in real time. I mean, the show happens in one take without editing. And without Audio Hijack Pro, that simply couldn't happen. It's awesome. And it's good that they got those updates out because on the 24th of July, Apple released the public, or I call it semi-public beta, of OS 10.10. The reason I say semi-public is it's for the first million people who sign up. So if right. you're one million one, forget about it. I don't know if they've reached that number yet. But I don't know if they have either. They did, of course, have a set of release notes where it's slightly better and a slightly later version than Developer Preview 4, which came out on the 21st of July. So in three days, evidently they fixed a few things because the list of bugs and problems is much, much smaller. Isn't that surprising? I'm really surprised. I just assumed it was going to be the very same version that developers had on Monday. And uh, and, and that's based on the word that was coming out of Apple. It's, that's what it sounded like. But what, what a nice surprise. Fewer bugs and more Yosemite goodness. Fewer bugs, meaning like a third of the bugs of the other release. Yes. And, uh, and that's an important thing for people to, to, to note. There, there are many bugs in this, but it's beta software. Read my lips. It's beta software. It means it has bugs. It may have bugs that haven't been cataloged yet. It may cause loss of data. The software you depend on may not work. Now, we're making more of a deal of an OS X beta because, you see, Apple doesn't do that very often. The last time they did that was the 2000, September 2000, OS 10 public beta, and they charged you $29.95 for it. Right. And now it's all free. The operating system is free. Unlike Microsoft, Microsoft does release public betas of all their operating systems, but they do not give you any discount towards the final version. You're stuck. You got to pay for it. With Yosemite, as with Mavericks, Apple doesn't charge you. But we hope that this beta process will help make for a more reliable product. Certainly, it's going to get a lot more publicity. Certainly, yeah, certainly. every bug yeah. they have is going to get amplified. 
Yes. And and I think in the end, we will end up with a better shipping initial shipping product than we've had in the past, simply because there are so many problems that that can happen with an operating system that are completely unanticipated by Apple or their developer pool. But when you put this in the hands of, of mere mortals, all kinds of problems will crop up. So Apple will not have the opportunity to hit a lot of those issues before the initial public release, as opposed to having to do like a 10.10.1 update. Well, that makes things a lot better because there have been OS 10 releases that really did cause problems with hard drives and oh, other sure. things. Oh, I remember, was it Tiger? OS 10 Tiger was the one where some external hard drives, for one reason or another, could be, as they say, bricked. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that probably would have been caught if Apple had done the public beta thing. And and I'm betting that Apple will also be able to get past the the common complaint people have with the initial release of a new operating system, which is, wow, so we get to be beta testers for Apple. Well, okay, now they're making it official. We can be beta testers, and hopefully we'll have a much better product when we get the official version this fall than we otherwise would have. Also, it encourages developers to push their OS 10.10 compatible updates because they see, look, up to a million Mac users are going to be using our product. We better get with the program. And that's a really good point. It's also a bonus for developers because they can now have a much wider pool of users to test their beta apps before the the official launch. Well, so there you go. Now, the version, as I said, of the public beta is a little later. It's one release or build number later than the one given to developers three days earlier. So maybe it'll be more reliable. I haven't had a chance to install it, but I will after the show is ready. I didn't want to get caught in the middle of something because this way I have time to do a full backup. If something happens, well, that's the other consideration. There's an article, for example, by our friend Kirk McElhern. He's the iTunes guy. He posted it at his site, Kirkville, which is at McElhern.com, and he urges extreme caution before installing this public beta. If you sign up with the program, you get a redemption code to download it from the App Store. Be careful. Get yourself a full backup. Do it on the Mac you don't use anymore that's compatible with Yosemite if you have one. Yes, that's, that's excellent advice. Don't do it on your work Mac because there may be problems. Right. Well, and actually, on, uh, on release day, getting it is uh, kind of a problem anyhow, because there are so many people trying to download the, uh, the beta that Apple servers crashed. And once they finally got the servers back up and running, most people couldn't get the download to actually complete. One of the problems was issuing the redemption code. You get a redemption yes, code that you could redeem in the App Store, except that sometimes didn't work, so you have to like refresh your browser or something. I mean, early glitches, because lots of people are getting this. The other thing is, I expect you'll be getting the final version ahead of everybody else. You'll get it two, three weeks ahead of everybody else, the so-called golden master build. So that's sure. worth the aggravation. So we're assuming now, if all goes well, OS 10 Yosemite will be available sometime in the latter part of October, which means by the end of September or early October, a little over two months after the beta process begins, there will be a final version. 
And your computer will not burn up, I hope. I hope our computers don't burn up either, because uh, I, I would be sad to see my MacBook Air go up in flames. You have a new MacBook Air or vintage? Well, I, I would call it vintage only because it's not the new one. I have the model that Apple released before they switched it over to USB 3. Okay. So solid state drive, uh, nice processor in it, and it's, a, it's an awesome machine. But it's also my machine that when it comes time for serious testing, like an operating system, it becomes my sacrificial machine. I have a MacBook Pro 17-inch. I think I've mentioned that on previous episodes. That's the sacrificial lamb. Also a second partition on my regular hard drive on my iMac. So one or the other or both will be sacrificial lambs. What I'll probably do is install the public beta on the MacBook Pro and the developer releases on the external drive for the iMac. This way I get the best of both worlds or more pain. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. No pain, no gain. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? 
Okay, can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends. If you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships. If you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise. And you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest largest independent talk radio networks in the world and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com. Again, that's advertise at gcnlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. Of course, you can now, if you signed up with Apple, Get the public beta of OS 10.10. Every two or three weeks, you'll get updates. When the final release comes out, you'll get that too. It'll come by an automatic update at the Mac yes. App Store. So you don't have to go do anything except the initial public beta is huge. Yes, it's uh, a little bit over five gigs for the download. You need two and gigabytes RAM on your Mac minimum. It is requiring eight gigabytes of storage space to install the mm-hmm. os but if you only have two gigabytes of ram on your mac i wouldn't bother with this at all and if yep. your storage space yeah. is tight i wouldn't bother either wait for the final release don't mess around i mean apple's yeah, not going to release. lose something if they have one less beta tester yeah and they'll find someone to take that beta slot i yeah, understand and- they're lining up they haven't actually exceeded the million yet which that kind of surprises me. I think a lot of people just don't want to get involved. Remember that. Most people ah, are using their Macs for stuff. They don't want to try a new OS and it's, maybe it's not going to work. It's not that simple. I don't know. They might have 999,999 by now. <laughs> I'd love to yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I guess there's a lot of people that uh, that they don't have the luxury that we do in our light of work where they have multiple computers so they can have a sacrificial machine 
but at least it gives you a chance to play with it, and yeah. we'll see what happens. This is going to be an interesting process. I'm going to look at whether Apple will listen to the feedback about putting a proper title bar on Safari and stuff like that, which they won't listen to, but there you go. Well, if enough people take your call to action to heart and uh, file, file a complaint, maybe, just maybe, we'll have the, the Gene Steinberg feature in OS X Yosemite, which will be proper titles in Safari. Let me be accurate about this. Before Mavericks came out last October, October of 2013, before they announced that it would be free at the WWDC that year, you know what I did? I wrote an article saying Apple's going to make it free because they had been cutting the price from $29 to $19. I said, this one's going to be free. That's it. And Apple did And you it. were spot on. I was. I was wrong. Because I felt Apple would leave it at 19.99 to create perceived value, and uh, and instead they decided to go with free, which which gives people incentive to install right away. So uh, that that they totally bought your argument over mine. Yes, Apple does know about us. I should tell you the first episode of the Tech Night Out Live in October of 2002, 12 years ago, we featured Greg Joswick. He's a vice president at Apple. And he's still a vice president at Apple. He's a couple of higher levels of vice presidentum, or how would you say it? Vice presidentum, or something like that. He's got I say a go with that, because it sounds awesome. Okay, I have to ask him. Vice presidentum. I have no idea what that means. But he was a cool guest, but Apple these days doesn't do that. They don't make executives available for more than a very small number of interviews. But, you know, maybe he wants to do a 12th anniversary show. That would be pretty awesome. And uh, Apple is changing. It's, it's easier to, to deal with Apple PR, meaning they're more responsive than they have been in the past. Tim Cook is doing more interviews. Eddie Q's doing more interviews. Maybe you'll be able to, to get your high-level VP on for, for a second show. That would be very cool. I will certainly ask, and we'll see what happens. You have you written to Apple or found them more cooperative with the Mac Observer? Yes. Yes. Uh, previously, we were in the same boat that pretty much every other publication was in, where you would contact them, and if you got a response back, that, that would be quite a surprise. And now, when we contact them, we get responses very quickly. It's really awesome. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I'm going to write to them and see if they respond. Yeah, I bet they will. Well, I put money on it. One dollar. Reminds me of the movie Trading Places, where Ralph Bellamy and Don Amici make a bet about whether Eddie Murphy, a small-time street hustler, can become a powerful commodities trader. And it was for one dollar. It was for one dollar. Yeah, that was Eddie Murphy and, uh, and, oh, who did he co-star with? Dan Aykroyd. France. I think of Dan Aykroyd as a conehead. Okay? And, and he'll always be a Ghostbuster for me. Except that we lost a Ghostbuster recently. Yeah. Harold Ramis, great comedy director and one of the stars that, that of Ghostbusters. That was really sad. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't an old guy. He was like, what, 69? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was still young. That was a, a really sad loss. He was a great actor and also a great director. He was in As Good As It Gets with Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson. And he plays a doctor in that movie. 
That was a fun movie also. Right. I don't know why we're talking about this. This is a technology show, and we're talking about the Ghostbusters and Harold Ramis. We know what we could do. On the Paracast, our paranormal show, Mm -hmm. we've never really had a trans medium there. Maybe a trans medium can get on that show and try to contact Steve Jobs and Harold Ramis. You know, ask Steve Jobs, hey, what do you think of the job that Tim Cook is doing? I think that would be really cool. And what a great crossover episode for your shows. So if you're a trans medium and you think you can actually contact Steve Jobs and that he wouldn't blow you off from the other side in rather a severe way, forget about Harold Ramis. We'll contact him too. Maybe even James Garner, who died this past week. You know, we'll get Rockford on there. Regardless, if you think you can do it, well, give us a holler. Give us a holler, and we'll see what happens. I don't know where we're going with that. You want to make some predictions here about Apple for the next segment and a half here. Okay, they're talking about an iPhone 6, 4.7 inches, 5.5. Every rumor is centered on that size. What do you think? I think 4.7 inch is uh, is pretty much a done deal, especially after we got the video of the guy trying to break what appears to be a synthetic sapphire glass surface for the 4.7 inch model. As far as 5.5 inch goes, I'm not convinced we're getting that this year or even at all. There, there really isn't much that's come out to to back up the those rumors. You know, we, we aren't seeing the the hardware leaks like we've seen with the 4.7 inch model. And, uh, and and I'm questioning if Apple wants to diversify the iPhone line that much this year. So I'm thinking 4.7 inch and 4 inch, and they'll call it good. Well, that would be interesting. The problem is here, there has been so much publicity about a 5.5 inch version of the iPhone. If there isn't one, people are going to be disappointed because of all the expectations. That's the bad thing here. Well, people will be disappointed regardless. It doesn't matter what Apple releases. They could release an iPhone that comes with free unicorns and rainbows, and people would still be upset because they wanted a brown unicorn instead of white. Also, so, the size of the unicorn. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think the disappointment if there's not a 5.5 inch iPhone will be as big a deal as some people are worried about. And, 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 and if you want to look at, at the whole, if Apple doesn't do a specific product announcement, it spells doom and gloom for the company. Uh, we've had that with Apple Television for what, like the last two, three years. Every quarter, there's been the talk up until recently about Apple's finally releasing their HD television. And every quarter, it hasn't happened. And while there has been disappointment up to a point, it hasn't been an issue that put the company in a place where where uh, they had to start doing damage control. And I'm betting that it'll be the same if we don't see a 5.5-inch iPhone. Let's do the break here. Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observers here. We have one more segment on the Tech Night Out Live. You're listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. 
Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out. Hey folks, this is Larry Crisp for BabyBoomerBackupPlan.com. I'm sure you know, this economy sucks. We all realize that the American economy is tremendously unstable right now and will likely get much worse. There's monumental debt, government bailouts, stock and real estate bubbles that are primed to pop at any moment which can flush away most or all of your retirement savings. This type of movement has enormous consequences. Virtually zero sectors of the economy are hiring and workforce participation is at record lows. Financial trouble is right here at our doorstep. But if you move right now and develop a backup plan immediately, this could be the most profitable time of your life. Proportionately, more millionaires were created during the Great Depression than at any time in our history. Get my free report at babyboomerbackupplan.com or call 888-507-8789 for my free report. 888-507-8789 and prepare to profit as history repeats itself. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design Design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit drortman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now, one pundit, and I won't give you his name because the guy's got to be an idiot. Okay, I'm calling him an idiot on the air. Let him sue me. I have no money, so you can, you know, sue me up the kazoo. It doesn't matter. Or up the saxophone, whatever you want to sue me up. We have Jeff Gabbard of the Mac Observer. So this guy, this idiot, says, this is like four months ago or something. Apple better release the iWatch in 60 days or it's curtains for Apple. Yeah, that was one of the stupidest things I've heard from an analyst in a very long time. And if I'm going to get sued, it's probably right up the bassoon. Yeah, I I was really shocked when, is it okay if I say the guy's name? Because I have no problem with that. Sure, go ahead. All right. So when, when Trip Chowdhury said that, I was taken aback and was certain, absolutely certain I had misunderstood what he said. And it turns out, no, I didn't. He, he gave Apple 60 days to announce the iWatch. And if they didn't do it, that it was the beginning of their downfall. He wasn't looking at Apple would be, would be dead next year, but like this was the beginning of the decline of Apple's success. And over the next several years, we'd just be able to watch this steady uh, decline in product quality and popularity of the products. This is before and the stock wrong. price went up even further. Right. And before the stock split and the, and the value has continued to climb since then. And other analysts are, are flipping because they're getting so excited about what's going to happen when the next iPhone launches because they're seeing so much pent-up demand. Yeah, I, I think Trip was, was flat out wrong. And what I'm hoping is that secretly he was saying comments to get people wound up it was like a publicity thing on, on some level. But I fear that he really believed it. Now there's a story about Apple maintaining the market share lead in tablets despite, quote unquote, the sales drop. But it comes from IDC. So why do we believe IDC if they couldn't even get the Mac sales right for the past quarter? Well, I, I still put any statistics that IDC gives me uh, or no, I take them with with a grain of salt. Uh, but we do know that iPad sales did drop uh, year over year because Apple told us as much, well, directly told us during their third fiscal quarter earnings report. But how do but, we know the sales share of the other companies? Because they're kind of screwy in what they report. Amazon doesn't report anything. Samsung's mm-hmm. statistics tend to be very misleading. Yes, yeah, Samsung reports product shipped from their factory and calls it sold. And that's very different from what Apple does. Apple reports actual true sales, like money transactions. So we're we're looking at data that's being just manipulated in all different kinds of ways. And it's really difficult to compare 
because all these companies are giving us numbers that are not truly comparable to each other. So then we end up having to deal with companies like IDC who are trying to gather information based on uh, online usage and, uh, and browser user information. And, and it's, uh, in my opinion, it's as much voodoo as science and IDC. I don't think they're really that different from any other company in that they have a really difficult job to try and come up with numbers that are useful. Yes, but according to published reports, the iPad has 80% of the web usage in the U.S. If that doesn't translate to market share, what does it translate to? Yeah, and see, that's that to me is more important as a data point, because if people are buying hundreds and hundreds of, of these super cheap tablets that don't get used then those are customers that aren't going to buy that product again in the future. And if they get something similar, like in this case, tablets, the likelihood that they will turn to Apple for their next purchase is much higher. So looking at, uh, at that user stat for, for online, that to me, that, that's a big thing. Sure, Apple has 80% of, of the browser market right now. Okay, that seems totally plausible. And I think it shows the strength of the iPad as a tablet and, uh, and helps back up the fact that Apple is the market leader, even if there's a chance that, that cumulatively the Android tablet developers are, or makers are outselling it. But I don't think they are. Anyway, the thing I wonder about, too, is someone buys a tablet from any of these other companies, Samsung or one of these unknown brands, that you get a tablet for like $60 or something at Walmart. And they take it home, and it's a piece of garbage. Now, do they next go and buy an iPad, or do they say, hey, we're not going to buy tablets anymore. These things are garbage. They're not useful. They don't consider that maybe Apple has a solution that works. Well, I think, you, I think both of those are equally viable scenarios. And so if you have people that are dropping out of the market completely, they're not they're, – they're uh, buyers for Android tablets or Apple tablets. That's, you know, they're, they're just gone from the market. But the other segment that decides they want something else, then I think there's a higher likelihood they're going to turn to Apple. So even though you may not have, as, ha- have the entire group of dissatisfied, we'll call them Android tablet users, jumping over to, to the iPad, you will have a percentage jumping over and then uh, another substantial percentage that just simply doesn't buy anything. So they, so they no longer count for, uh, for uh, market share statistics. Well, the other thing, of course, is what we've mentioned before. We don't know what the replacement cycle of tablets might be. And we don't know what Apple's going to do. We don't know whether the IBM-Apple alliance will sell many more iPads. A lot of uncertainty, so we don't know what's going to happen. Very but true. You expect an iWatch this fall? I think it's very likely that we will see something this fall. And, uh, and it may very well be the iWatch. I think that's, that's the most likely wearable product for Apple to release first. But, uh, but I'll make it a little broader and say I think that it's extremely likely that this fall Apple will release a wearable product. It may not be called... In iWatch, they have a patent for something called iTime, but that's awkward. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I don't think that's actually going to be a product name. It's when you're putting together patents like that. There's so many things that that you can do that are strategic, and throwing in a name like that, it uh, it. My guess is that that Apple decided that was a smart move for for some strategic benefit they were going to get, and a lot of what's in that patent is uh, is technology that may very well be in the iWatch, but it sure looks like a lot of the technology that made up the little square iPod Nano to me. Also, it could be placeholder name. Sure. The i placeholder until we figure out a name, until we get the patents, until we get a handle on whether that particular name is going to serve. So you expect to see an iWatch. I kind of do as well. I'm on the fence about whether I'd buy one. But look, I don't personally use an iPad. My wife does. So even that, there you go. Now people are going to send me nasty letters. Jeff Gamut, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Well, they, they can head on over to MacObserver.com. There's a lot of great content that, uh, that all of my awesome writers are, are coming up with. And you can find me on other podcasts like Apple Context Machine, Mac Observer Daily Observations, The iOS Show. The big show out of London. And yeah, I'm around. D- just do a Google search. You'll find me. You can find us too on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. We're Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Also, if you go to technightowl.com, you'll find versions of the show going back to like 2007. So if you want to hear old stuff, you could. We don't have a tape of that Apple VP's appearance on the first episode of the Tech Night Owl Live because the guy responsible for the network at the time failed to make a copy. We'll be talking about UFOs and Bigfoot, recent cases including a Thunderbird sighting of a huge bird this week in Pennsylvania with Stan Gordon on the Paracast. That's at theparacast.com, theparacast.com. So check it out. We're not going to channel Steve Jobs, nor will we channel, you know, any old rock singers over there. But there are many. Okay. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me on. It's always a blast. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.